Welcome, everybody. It's Sam Rosenberg. This is Sam's Sports Podcast. It's Easter Sunday, March 27th, 2016. I'm in a little bit of a different mood today. Just, uh, well, I just got done watching uh, the ESPN movie 30 for 30 Survive in Advance about the 1983 NC State um, championship uh, NCAA team. Uh, with Jimmy Valvano as the head coach and Derek uh, Derek Wittenberger and Thurl Bailey and Sidney Lowe and Lorenzo Charles and you know never really knew the the whole story. I was listening to a Bill Simmons podcast the other day. He was interviewing David Duchovny. You know, I'm just going to go down this 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 rabbit hole here. It was something I found very interesting. Um, so uh, in the interview, David Duchovny and Bill Simmons, uh, you know, it, the, it, Bill Simmons had released his podcast the day after Gary Shandling died. Um, and it was very sad. You know, there was a real outpouring of emotions over Gary Shandling's death. And um, he pretty much put out this podcast where he interviewed David Duchovny. And he said, we, we recorded this podcast about five days ago, and I thought it was appropriate to release it, not just because we recorded it, but also because during the podcast, he and David Duchovny talked for a good 20 minutes about Gary Shandling and the Larry Sanders show. Uh, David Duchovny talks about how he was a big fan and how we, you know, when he was at that time, he was always talking to his agents saying, listen, I want to be on the show. And, you know, told this story about how he used to have videotaped recordings of the Larry Sanders show shipped to his trailer up in Vancouver when he was filming X-Files because he was such a huge fan and just wanted to watch the show. And it was interesting to then find out that Gary Shandling was a big basketball fan and that so is David Duchovny and David Duchovny and Gary Shandling would play basketball together and uh, David Duchovny took him to Rucker Park. It was really, it was, you know, it was very emotional. It made me think more about um, relationships and moments and time and, and also thinking fondly on people we've lost. And it, you know, it made me think about this idea of, of losing people. And, uh, and so during the David Duchovny interview with Bill Simmons, he brings up uh, Survive in Advance, which is a ESPN 30 for 30 movie about the, I told you, I, I, you guys already know. So the point is, I didn't really, I didn't know the whole story about Jimmy Volvano. I mean, I, I knew that he had passed away. I knew that, you know, he was the coach. That was a pretty much all I knew. Um, you know, I didn't know the extent of his, his battle with cancer. Uh, I didn't know the extent of, you know, how close he had come with his, his, uh, his players and, you know, and finding out and thinking about people who have died and reflecting on them, reflecting on, you know, what their life means to them, but also what it means to us. Uh, you know, the feelings we have when we hear about a great like Gary Shandling passing away or when we, you know, even reflect upon a great like Jimmy Valvano who passed away, I mean, over 20 years ago at this point. Um, but to see that again, to see the footage and the memory of a man like James Valvano, who was, you know, when I watch this documentary, it's very powerful. It's very, you know, there's, there's a lot of heart in it, uh, but there's also a lot of death too. And um, one of the things that I think really shines through is showing how passionate Jimmy V was for his team, for his players, for everything that he stood for and believed in. He he dreamed. He talked a lot about dreams and dreaming things. And there's all this footage of, of him giving these powerful emotional speeches. And, 
You know, it makes me think about how that we're more than one thing. You know, he was clearly more than a basketball coach. He was clearly more than a motivational speaker. He was somebody who who dreamed and, and grew up believing in dreams and grew up, uh, I think, learning to love every day of life and every moment of life. Um, seeing this eye of the beholder, you know, sort of documentary, which, you know, Survived Advance opens up with the story of, or really it, it opens up with the closing moments of NC State winning the championship. That's how the documentary opens up with, uh, if you don't know, some, I'm sure many of you do, some of you might not, Derek Wittenberger chucks this this you know 30-foot three-pointer with five seconds left, and he actually, it goes short, and the power forward Lorenzo Charles jumps up, grabs the ball, and just essentially alley-oops it in, dunks it with one second left. They win the game by two points, and that's it. And there's this famous shot of Jimmy V running onto the court, um, just you know screaming. Although now I know that whole story. I know that um, Jimmy V was running on the court because they used to have a ritual. He and Wittenberger used to hug after every game, and he was running on the court because he was looking for Wittenberger to hug. Um, and I also know the story that uh, Lorenzo Charles, the documentary opens up by telling how he died in a car wreck in 2011. You know, and he was somebody who was always known for this monumental championship moment, but, uh, you know, sadly died in this car wreck. And I think this documentary sort of opens up with everybody on the team having a reunion because I think there was a feeling of mortality after Lorenzo died. Um, and then you have to couple this documentary with the fact that it's also you know, peppered and, and, and the story cannot be told if you can't tell the story of Jimmy V's life, at least in that span. And you think about how he won this national championship with NC State in 83. And I thought more about, you know, eye of the beholder and, and where I fit in. I'm looking at these dates and I'm thinking, wow, I was born in 1983 when he won. When I was just a couple weeks old, I was at my friend Chase's house seeing his baby, who's like two months old at this point and thinking, you know, that's how old I was. I was sitting in a crib looking around in some 80s house with my brothers and sisters in New Jersey while Jimmy V and this team were making history. You know, to look at the hairdos and the styles and the clothes and, and the, you know, and, and the footage, you know, to see this VHS kind of, you know, the tracking and the, the distortion because we just didn't have the technology at that time to, to keep things as in perfect HD condition on a Facebook page as we do now. Um, and just having that, you know, that, that realization, that moment of, of things being so fleeting, you know, to think that Jimmy V was winning a championship in 83 and 10 years later fighting for his life and dying of cancer and, and, and still fighting, even, even though he knew that he couldn't beat cancer, it didn't matter. He was going to beat cancer. Just like I see in the documentary how they were going to win the championship. Nobody predicted it. Nobody figured it could happen. But even if they didn't win, he always believed it. He dreamed it. He still just chose to believe it. And he tells this great story. All this, you know, there's so much footage of him. I mean, at times he almost looks like a stand-up comedian. The guy's so charismatic. Um, but there's a moment when he's, he's telling the story about how his father is always there for him. How his father is, you know, he's like, Dad, I'm going to win the national championship. And his dad said, I got my bags packed. And even when he didn't win the national championship, every time he went to his dad, his dad was like, listen, I got my bags packed. And my father gave me a gift. He said, he's always going to believe in me. He's always going to know. He's always going to just trust. He's always going to be there with his bags packed, ready to go to the national championship game. And 
you know, made me think of that. It made me think of my dad always believing in me. I mean, I'm doing these podcasts. I'm doing this radio show. There's doubt that creeps in. There's fear. There's stress. There's, you know, this creeping thing of, you know, what if it isn't as successful as I want it to be? And what is success as per my measures? And, you know, my dad's always there just choosing to believe in me and, and continuing to support me. And it's just a miracle of the human spirit. So, you know, seeing this documentary and, and, you know, seeing them practice cutting the net off of the rim, you know, going through the motions of believing that you can do it. I just put things into context a little bit. And I, and, you know, I kind of, I geeked out a little bit on, on sports stuff. I actually had some time this weekend. I watched uh, Kobe Bryant uh, did a documentary on Showtime called the uh, Kobe's Muse. Very fascinating documentary. That's another, that's a whole other example. I would much, much more recommend the Survive and Advance documentary over Kobe's, but it's a much more fascinating look into, I mean, specifically who Kobe is as a person, but more, I think the things that echoed with me were the work he put in and the element of seeing day after day after day after day how you get older, how we as people are a growing thing that changes over time, to see a young kid moving from place to place as Kobe did, to see him then attain his dreams and become a national champion, and then to have this sort of, and it was very interesting how he, how he documented the, uh, you know, the rape charge and the, the sexual assault uh, scandal, if you will, that Kobe went through in 2003, how he went from being a three-peat champion and kind of just a, you know, a high-level superstar to being a complete pariah when it came to the media and to see him get all the way back up to that level where he's saying farewell in his last season and people are cheering him um, still puts in perspective time and how we fit in from a life standpoint. Uh, you know, I've been looking around at a lot of things, you know, wondering how quickly it is to get success or what is success. And, you know, I think we work towards things a lot. I think we, every day you're striving towards something, you're practicing, you're working hard, only to go there, go home at the end of the day and get a good night's sleep and get back up again and just try it again. And, you know, that introspection of what are we doing it for? What's the purpose? Why do we have children? Why do we seek other people? Why do we think it's important to find time to laugh and to cry and to think about something? That was what Jimmy V said. He said, you should do three things every day. You should laugh, you should think about something, and you should be moved emotionally so much that you cry, whether it's happy or sad. And if you do that every day, you've got a pretty full day. And it, um, it's a good point. Because what is a day where, you know, every the whole day is stinky and you feel bad and you quote unquote get up on the wrong side of the bed? You know what? I mean, it really is rough when you think about how that was a long day. That was a tough day. You know, you've only got so many of these days. You know, I don't think Jimmy V thought about the fact that 10 years after winning the national championship, he'd be dead. Uh, I don't think that some of these great athletes and I and I, you know this is a sports podcast and I do think of things in sports but I also think of things in life and death and perspective and some of these athletes can have the highest highs but then you know it's really in perspective when maybe they die tragically before they reach the age of 40 and you really say well you know they they burned bright and they reached these these goals but I mean what's more important reaching that goal or having a whole life 
to spend, you know, it, it, what's more important, having more time on this earth? Is it better to have more time on this earth? I, I watched a stand-up comedian make jokes about Donald Sterling, the owner of the Clippers, and in some ways he's like, you know what, his only problem was he didn't die earlier. You know, it's, it's like he, st- he, he lived too long to get to a point where his racism became too apparent, and, you know, I don't know if that's true, but it's, it's kind of it's nutty to think that you could live too long you know, the problem of living too long. And we've almost, we as people and humans theorize that sometimes. You have movies about people who live forever or drinking from the fountain of youth or vampires. Vampires live forever, but then there's this cross they have to bear because they can't die. And then all of a sudden they want to die. Um, you know, I, I think we as humans, it's a funny thing how we, we digest these things. And, you know, I think of great athletes who are taken from us. You know, I, I read about Pistol Pete. You know, Pistol Pete Maravich was one of the greatest basketball players to ever play, had one of the most amazing shots, and, you know, just had a heart attack. Apparently had some really rare heart defect that just was totally undetected and, you know, killed him at a young age. You know, or finding out someone is in a car crash and is stripped from you very quickly, or, you know, a tragic, you know, shooting like a Sean Taylor or, um, or a Steve McNair, and, you know, thinking that their MVPs and the high of all highs and the Super Bowl wins, you know, sometimes they get in perspective when you hear about Walter Payton, you know, passing away at an early age, or, you know, hearing about other greats like uh, uh, Petrovich, you know, I mean, well, listen, we could go on and on about, I mean, or even tragic things like Len Bias or, or Reggie Lewis, the, um, the Celtics player who also had that heart disorder collapsed on the court, just terrible. Um, I think just gives, gives me pause sometimes and, you know, makes me wonder what is it about this game? What is it about sports? What is it about these things that, why do we want to create a, a court or a field or an ice rink and put lines on them and, and, make rules and set time frames and and have specifics to the rules and then put ourselves in these boundaries and push ourselves to the limit where we don't just get good at it but we get great at it we get so good that we need to be even better and that's another element of the eye of the beholder is which which players are the greatest i think you can speak to whomever and each player will tell you the difference of who's the greatest and you know we say a lot now that michael jordan's the greatest basketball player and you know, some of these other guys can never hold a candle to them. But if you speak to other people in different times, they just have different perspectives. It's different when you were alive, when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robertson were ruling the league. It's different when you were alive, when Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell were ruling the league. Just like it's different now when we see LeBron James and we see Kevin Durant. And it was even different when Kobe ruled the league. It was a different time different style of play, different highlights. I mean, it's it's hard to see who the greatest is when you can only look at them in a highlight reel. You know, it's, it's real easy to go see LeBron James put up a triple-double and do things that defy reason, that defy gravity, that defy physics, that defy what a human should typically be good at doing. Because we've set this game and these rules that we like to watch and see people play in. Here are the parameters go. And to see someone have the ability to look at those parameters, understand them so well and so deeply that they practice them 
to a degree where they can move without thinking and just react and do great things. It's tough to do those things, and it makes us sit back in awe. Not everybody can do it. It makes you special. It takes a certain person to work that hard, to practice that hard, to put in the time, to put in the energy, to put in the effort, to eat the right things, to work out as hard as you can, to be careful about the things you do, the things you say, the way you act, so that you can participate in a game that we all like playing, but there's got to be more to it. It can't just be about wins and losses. There's got to be more to it. There's got to be some type of satisfaction and craving. There's something we're feeding, either by playing it or seeing it or trying to understand it. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's an easier way to understand and accept life. You know, maybe it's hard to accept when people pass away. Maybe it's hard to accept when someone hurts you and it's hard to accept when you fail. And maybe sports and basketball and football, these are just, I don't know, easier ways to classify life. I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm not sure. I know that we like to watch it. I know that we get excited when we see people do really well at it. I know that we want to find someone to label the hero or the superstar. I mean, that's star in itself. We call them a superstar. What's a star? It's a thing up in the sky that we can't reach. It's a light that we can't touch. We can just watch and look, and that's it. It doesn't really mean much when you're Jimmy V and you're dying of cancer, but you know it means an awful lot when... Uh, when you're watching that happen. It means an awful lot when you have that moment. When you were sitting on your couch watching the TV when Michael Jordan hit that shot to win the game. Or when Bill Russell won his 11th title. Or in 2004 when the Red Sox won the World Series. To see these remarkable moments. To see these things that are unbelievable. And to learn that they're not unbelievable at all, they're very, very real, and they're happening right in front of you. And to, I, think so, I think for us, sports is also a way for us to truly accept that it's real and, and to accept that it's going to be gone, that it will, it will pass. As amazing as that moment is, it's still just a single moment. You know, why is that moment even more amazing than two or three or four hours before the game when everybody was just warming up. <laughs> you know, maybe because we all decided that it was going to be important. We all, as, as people, as humans, said we're going to sit here and we're going to watch it and we're going to invest so much time and life and stakes in it that we will make it important. And it will put pressure on the players to perform even better. And for some of them, to choke. We call that choking when they can't handle the pressure. When having millions of people watch you is different than having an arena of two people watching you. It's just different. Feels different. And it makes the victory sweeter. And it makes it harder. It's not supposed to be easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Not everybody does it. You got to work really, really hard. 
I think sometimes that's what makes it great too. Let's us accept that those moments when it's really hard are worth it. They're, they're worth the moment. It's worth doing something right at that moment. So you can look back and say, I spent that moment well. I spent it as well as I could. There was only so many things I could do with that moment, but I spent it as well as I could. Makes me think of an old acting teacher who called on a classmate of mine in acting school and the, the kid wasn't ready or, or he was like, just say it, just go. And the kid was like, I would do that. And he said, you know what? Next person. And that, and that person, and that girl was like, no, 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 I got it now. And he said, no, the moment has passed. It's gone. You can't have it back. It's passed. It's gone. You can't have it back. I'm looking at a calendar in front of me that has motivational sayings on it. It says, collect moments, not things. Collect memories. So on this Easter Sunday, when we're thinking about family or religion or God or Jesus or Easter eggs or whatever, or if you're with people or places or things who don't care about family or, or, or life or moments, they're just living to consume and caught up in it. You know, I, I want to make sure that, uh, that this time and this moment was spent well. And, you know, you want to look back on your life and feel like you, uh, you felt good about how you used it and you felt good about the way you treated the people around you. You supported them and you said you loved them. You hugged them. Jimmy V said that a lot. He's like, I do. He's like, we hug in my family. We kiss in my family. We love in my family. There's no way you can be in my family without a lot of love and affection and hugging and kissing. You know, some people aren't like that. Some people want to shake hands and some people are just, you know, that's okay. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's also nothing wrong with wearing your emotions on your sleeve. There's nothing wrong with not being a con man. There's nothing wrong with with hiding things. There's nothing wrong with putting it out there. You know, I, I, my, my emotions are on my sleeve so much, I can barely hide anything I'm saying. I, I'm a terrible liar. My wife will say the same thing. We're both terrible liars because we just can't help but tell the truth. There's something weird about not telling the truth. Somebody else might be able to not tell the truth as comfortably as anyone else, but that's not me. And if that is you, that's okay. That's good, man. We need everybody. We need all of us. Everybody still watches the basketball game. And everybody still has their own thoughts. They still watch the football game. They still get excited when they see that 60-yard touchdown pass. Yeah, maybe the feeling afterwards might be a little different. Maybe it'll mean something different to you. Maybe you'll, you won't take it in like everyone else. But for that moment, you were there. And it meant something to you, to the person next to you, and to all the other people who were watching and invested in that same thing with you. It's good. I think it makes life worth living. I think sports, it's just another thing that uh, we do that I think allows us to rejoice in the fact that we're alive. Because unlike a spaceship or a or a scientific discovery, or a political, you know, innovation, or a new form of government, or something like that. You know, you know. I think I, I read sometimes how politics were in the middle of an election year with the president. You know how that is sort of 
kind of put in perspective, it puts sports in perspective when you think about a presidential election and how things are going to be run and what it means for your country and where you live and how you live and how much things cost. And, you know, sports, what's that? It's just a game. It's just a game. But if it's just a game, why is it so important? Why do we spend so much money on it? Why is it so valuable? Why is it on TV? Why is there so much time and energy and life dedicated to these games? And I think it probably has something to do with... (sighs) It lets us live life. It lets us remember that this is the opportunity and the place to play. To jump. To run. And to do great things. And not only to do great things, but to be allowed to do great things. To allow, be allowed to succeed in great things. To be allowed to fail in great things. To succeed and fail. Sounds a little bit like life. <laughs> yeah, and to know that like anything in life, it's going to end. And sports, you know... Sports will never end, but a player's time on the floor in the game will end. There will come a time when you can't play anymore, when they won't let you play. You can't hack it. doesn't mean you, you, can, you stop playing. You just can't play there anymore. That window is closed. So it makes the place sacred. It makes it important because you've got to work real hard to get there, and you can only be there for just a little short time. Think about that in the context of your entire life. As much as we admire these players, it was still only 10 years, maybe a little less than 10 years when they get a chance to be on the court doing what they're doing. Maybe they'll have a little bit more time than that, but still, it's just a fraction if you think about a whole lifetime. Yeah. Anyway, uh, very, you know, not normal Sam Sports podcast. I just got a little introspective. Watching Jimmy V, watching other people who have died, thinking about life, thinking about how it all fits into. If you've listened to the whole podcast, I'm sure you got a, a sense of what I, what was on my brain today. Anyway, happy Easter! Uh, uh, thanks for listening. Um, subscribe to me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Sam Sports Podcast. Listen to my radio show, 6:10 a.m. ESPN Radio Saturday mornings. I just had one yesterday. I got to do another one next week. I got to put together more content. It's work, 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 working towards something, collecting those moments. And uh, like my page on Facebook, Sam Sports Station. Check me out on Facebook, post some things. I don't know, maybe drop a haiku or something. Yeah. Anyway, I love you guys. Uh, Thanks for listening. And uh, I'll talk to you soon.